You're listening to BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Friday opening day part two in Major League Baseball. And of course, a ton of Masters. But just around the corner, we have the NFL draft coming up. It is the NFL offseason still underway or still kind of in the midst of things. There's still some significant free agents out there. Trade still could be going down. And the draft is just... Less than three weeks away now. So let's bring on our guest, Seth Galina, joining us on the Roman Guest Line. Seth, of course, from Pro Football Focus. He joins us to talk some offseason. Seth, uh, welcome to the show. And um, I, I guess we'll start with the, the big trade that happened this week, which could shake up the NFL draft. Maybe there's more moves to come. What, what did you make value-wise and uh, how it could impact the draft, maybe where quarterbacks go? The Eagles and the Saints. The Saints acquire an extra first-round pick. And the Eagles ended up with uh, basically kind of a one, a two, and a three in the future to move out of the first round this year with one of their picks. Yeah, I think, it, you know, as far as quarterbacks are concerned, I think from the Eagles perspective, it's all about being able to go get a quarterback next year. So now you have, again, you know, they'll have two first round picks this year. They'll have two next year. I would imagine they'll see how this Jalen Hurts thing plays out. If he plays well, great. No problem. You get another two, two picks in the first round next year. If he doesn't play well, well, you know, obviously depending on where those picks are, but you could, if they're both in the teams, uh, maybe you could package those together and trade out because it should should be a, a pretty quarterback-rich draft next season with Stroud and, and uh, Bryce Young and all those players. So I think for the quarterback stuff, it's really for the Eagles it's next year. Obviously for the Saints, now it's like, okay, well, there's two things that I'm thinking of here. Are they just content with um, – Getting two, getting two kind of offensive players, a receiver and a tackle, saying those are our two positions that we absolutely need because we feel like we can compete this year with Jameis Winston in a, obviously a weak NFC, and but we need two, two, two really good players at those two positions specifically. Or do you say, okay, well, we're not sure what's going on with Jameis, um, not even just injuries. You know, We know who Jameis is as a quarterback, so maybe we'll package these two together and, and trade up for a quarterback. Or maybe one of those picks is just, you know, because of where the quarterback situation is this year, you can get a guy that falls to you at uh, whatever it is, 16 or 19, and, and find a player like that. So I think, like I said, for the Eagles, it's all about next year quarterback stuff, and the Saints might be for uh, this year quarterback stuff. Seth, I was looking at your piece this morning on PFF.com. It was uh, pretty intri- intriguing, the uh, mock draft for the NFC West teams. And Seattle certainly stands out. You have the Seahawks going quarterback in the second round. Overall, it looks pretty good as they're going to retool if they were to follow your advice, if those players were available there. Uh, You have Desmond Ritter going number 40 overall, second round to Seattle. I've seen a number of people that think maybe a team is going to move up and grab Ritter late in the first round. We've seen that over the last number of years, ever since Lamar Jackson. Uh, how many quarterbacks do you expect to go in the first 32 selections? I think, wow, it's going to be so weird because I think, man, one for sure, I really think, and this is hilarious, but I should say it, but like Kenny Pickett probably to the Panthers at this point in the top 10. And then after that, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, like you really could get a run on quarterbacks. I don't see it because I think a lot of these teams will probably have not very high grades on these guys. I think the fun thing about this draft is that 
everyone's got interesting grades on not just the quarterbacks, but a whole bunch of other players. So like, you know, you go on PFF.com, go to my mock draft simulator, which I did to, for this article on the, on the AFC West. And like Ritter falls to me at 41 for the Seahawks. I, you know, I think Ritter is the best quarterback in this, in this draft class. So him falling to me at 41 is, is unbelievable. Um, I don't, now people are saying he's going in the first round too. So I don't know. To me, he's the best quarterback in this particular draft class. He's probably QB three or four in last year's class for me. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see who, if teams all of a sudden feel like nervous and say, okay, maybe a couple of quarterbacks come off the board and we got to make our move now. So you see three or four come off in the first round or you see, you know, kind of just one come off in the first round, which I think, probably would make the most sense given the caliber of quarterback, you know, the skill level, but honestly, the, the position is weird. So we might see three or four. Wow. Seth, one of the most interesting is what are the biting kneecaps going to do with this number two pick? Are they going to add a quarterback like Malik Willis? Or I think they should add another offensive lineman to play alongside Penny Sewell and then get a rookie quarterback next year. But it seems like they're playing this close to the vest. How do you think it plays out? Yeah, I, I agree. I, you know, you don't hear a lot of reports out of Detroit. And obviously a lot of it is going to have to do with what the Jaguars do. But, but kind of, you know, the crazy thing is with this draft class, to me, I don't see like a pure number one overall type pick type of player. What you do have is like a whole layer of like six or seven top five players. And one of them is going to go number one overall. And so like, you know, if you're, if you're the Lions and let's say you want to tackle and the Jaguars take Evan Neal first overall, that's fine. Because there's, you know, Evan Neal is part of like this tier one group of tackles with, um, you, you know, Equanu from NC State and Charles Cross from Mississippi State. So it's like, all right, well, they take one tackle. I'm not going to be overconfident in my ability to assess a, a, a certain individual player. But I do know that there's three in the tier one group. If one of them falls to me, great, I take it. If Hutchison goes first overall and I like and I want an edge rusher, great. I have Kayvon Thibodeau in my lap. So I think the, the Lions are kind of in a good spot. Obviously, you have to hit on the pick, but in terms of process, I, you know, if you're saying, hey, we want to we tackle, great, there's going to be a tackle for you. You say, hey, we want an edge rusher, great, there's going to be an edge rusher for you. Now, the Malik Willis thing is the whole, you know, the wrench in here. If they really feel like they need to go get a quarterback this year, you know, depends how they feel about their team and, and where they, you know, do they think they want to compete right away? Uh, uh, do they do they really love Malik Lewis so much that they have to go get a quarterback like him this year? Obviously, that throws a wrench into it. Personally, I'm I'm not I wouldn't be ready for him. Malik Lewis at number two overall. That's very rich for him. So yeah, if I'm the Lions, I just say, hey, what do we? What position do we really want? Whoever falls to us there, we're laughing. We're talking to Seth Galina here, Pro Football Focus, NFL Draft is a few weeks. It's always interesting this time of the year listening to people talk about certain players falling down the board, and you have some mock drafts out of them higher in the board. It's all guesswork, but we're trying to figure out which way to angle this in a prop bet. Kayvon Thibodeau is a fascinating one to me. I mean, a year ago, everyone kind of thought he might be the number one overall pick. And then you have some people the last couple weeks saying he might fall down to the middle of the first round. He had his pro day. He's kind of a polarizing player. What's your read on Thibodeau? Where do you think he 
where do you think he should be drafted based on his ability? And then what's your guess on where we might actually see him come off the board? I mean, in terms of ability, like I said, he's part of this group of six, seven players who are, could go number one overall. And honestly, like in terms of like projection, in terms of the type of player he is, he's, a, he's the closest, I think, to a number one overall type of player, given the position. You know, do I think like Hamilton and Stingley might be like overall better players? Sure. But like, you know, corners and safeties don't go off the board at number one. Edge rushers do. And Thibodeau is like in that mold. Now, obviously, like there's a reason why he's not like this. He, he didn't cement himself as the first overall pick, you know, you know, in his last year of college football. Um, it's just not all there all the time and on the tape. But, you know, so like to me, the second he goes, let's say number two, you know, let's say if, if the Jaguars take, take Hutchinson at number one, like that's insane value for a player like this um, already at number two. Now he, he falls down the board. I don't, you know, who knows what's going on? Like you, you hear all these rumors and stuff and I don't think it's ever fair to these kids to um, almost substantiate these rumors because we don't know what these guys are trying to do. All these guys who are in these rooms, who are leaking this information have an agenda, right? These guys might be leaking information that's negative about K1 Thibodeau because they want him to fall to, I don't know, six, seven, eight, whatever, 12, whatever, because they want it. So like, I don't, I don't really don't like talking about that stuff because I think it's super unfair to the kids who we already put so much pressure on and already nitpick every single way, um, mm -hmm. just their on the field stuff. So, yeah, I mean, but you know, like I said, the on the field stuff, he's, he's as close to a number one overall type pick type player. Um, so the second he falls anywhere outside of number one, he's, he's great value. Seth, let's talk about receivers. Um, the first receiver selected odds, everybody is plus money, which kind of tells me people aren't quite sure, but we know a number are going to go in the first round. Um, how do you evaluate this group? Do you have a favorite to go early on and, and how many are you ex expecting to go on uh, night one? It seems like if anyone is going to go like top 10, it's going to be Garrett Wilson. Just from like, you know, you're reading mocks, especially mocks from people who are, you know, connected, let's say, I don't know what, what, what word to use there. Mm -hmm. It seems like Garrett Wilson is the guy around NFL circles who would go top 10. Now, I personally don't see him as like a top 10 type player, but he would be in that tier one of receivers with, you know, Jake Lennon and Jameson Williams and his teammate Chris Olave. And um, I'm thinking of pretty much else. But anyways, to me, they're all in that 10 to – this tier one group is really in that 10 to 18 range, I think. And that's where I would see um, them all going. Now, the question is, a lot of teams clearly need receiver, definitely in the back half of the first round, but even, even in the middle parts too. You wonder if, like I said, just happens – and Garrett Wilson goes, I don't know, four to the Jets or, or six or, or eight or something like that. Now, all of a sudden, people get nervous. So now you, you might have two in the top 10. You might have three, four in the top 15. So it's really going to be nervous on who takes the receiver first and how that kind of pulls up um, the rest of the, of the, of the class. Do you tell you or have any best bets in terms of the draft? Uh, well, good question. I am not a bet guy. Um, my, well, man, I, you know, I think Stingley, 
I'll take, I'll, I'll just say like, in terms of like, who is, who is like the, the, my guy in terms of like a future probable Hall of Famer. Um, I think it's Stingley. I think he's the, probably the clean, technically probably the cleanest player. Um, you know, ran really well yesterday as pro day or two days ago at the pro day. So I think for me, whenever he gets drafted, it's going to be great value for the team that takes him, especially since we're, we're thinking he's not going to get taken in the top five anymore. So, yeah, I guess if you're if you're talking about uh, I don't know if you can make a future Hall of Famer bet, but I would do it. On <laughs> you should be able to. That would be cool. You'd have to hold on to it for a long time, though. <laughs> yeah, that that's a future that's going to sit in your twenty years. That, that would be <laughs> Seth, um, wait, what's your thought on on how? There have a bunch of teams in the first round this year that have multiple picks, you know, especially in the top 10, Jets and Giants. You go down to the Eagles in the mid-round. Uh, the Lions have one at the top and the bottom. Saints now have two. I think there's five, at least five teams that have multiple picks. Do you think that's going to change kind of the, the flow of this draft? Because teams might maybe be willing to take a position they're not usually willing to take or move around or move back. The, the, the idea of how this draft might change because of so many teams kind of controlling the flow of the draft. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And I think like now being able to trade up, like we talked about the Saints, maybe packaging those picks together to move up for a player they really like. And honestly, if a team is going to do it, it's going to be the Saints. I mean, when, when Mickey Loomis falls in love with a player, he goes together. So maybe that's the reason they, they did this whole thing. So yeah, I think that's going to be really interesting to see. Obviously, especially you have two teams in the top 10 who each have two picks and the, the two New York teams. So they're going to, that's going to be very interesting to see how they work, and especially the Giants at five and seven, you know, so close to each other so early in the draft. So, yeah, I think it's a good point that those teams are going to, especially the Giants and Jets, are really going to set the tempo um, for this draft. Uh, you, you mentioned the possibility of Pickett going to Carolina. Are, are there any other of the, of the names that are being talked up, pretty high first-rounders, that – yeah, we're still a few weeks out that, that you'd be willing to, to say, okay, this match makes a lot of sense. I mean, you know, like, like the, the Kenny Pickett thing obviously makes a lot of sense. Matt Rule recruited him when he was at Temple. He committed to Temple, actually. Um, and then I guess he committed at some point and went to Pittsburgh. So, like, okay, they have some sort of relationship. They obviously are looking at a quarterback, and if you're going to put two and two together, then – then that would be that would be the pick. Uh, I'm trying to go, go through this off the top of my head. I think that um, is there. Is do you, are you thinking anybody with Willis? The pro- the problem with Willis is like you know, and and, and the Lions are like a a good like a good fit in a certain degree if they weren't picking at number two. Um, so maybe at you know I, I guess they're picking at like 34 or something like that, like. You just you 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 have to understand with Willis that I, I the chances that he can play like week one and be effective are very slim, very very slim. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a lot to work on. Seth Galina, we appreciate it from Pro Football Focus. Go a little bit later than some people think, based on that and what Seth thinks in the NFL draft. That was Seth on the Roman Guest. I get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for deal from the comfort. And privacy of your home, go to GetRoman.com slash BetQL now to get $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash BetQL. More on MLB, NBA card as well coming up right here on the BetQL Network. 
These Joes are helping you bet like a pro. It's Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth on BetQL Daily from BetQL.